let's just go to the Lord in prayer with that. You guys uh, just agree with me as we pray. Uh, Father, we're so grateful for uh, your power and your love. And as big and awesome, as powerful as you are, you are a God of love and care. And you, you call us into relationship with you. And Father, that we get to cry out to you and that we're heard. We get to come boldly before your throne of grace and be heard and then stand upon covenant that you, uh, that you wrought with your own son's blood between you and us. You've reconciled us to you and you've given us authority to stand and to proclaim your word and to act in your behalf with your very spirit upon us in our own hearts and uh, Lord, what a privilege and an honor. So we stand before you uh, tonight, and we, Father, we send by faith the power of your Spirit and your Spirit's ability to bring life and to bring love and to bring truth and to bring light in the darkness. And we send it to these people who we've just mentioned, that we've just lifted up. Some of them need, uh, need healing. Some of them need answers and wisdom. Some of them need to be surrounded by people with great skill in what they're called to do in, in healing and health. Lord, we all need your spirit, though. We all need your presence. And we, we just send the power of your presence to do with each one as you know is needed. And we just stand here today upon this earth and uh, proclaim uh, the truth that you're a God of love and that you move in healing power and uh, you comfort those who need comfort, and Lord, all that we've mentioned need the, the comfort of your presence, and uh, they need your thoughts to run through their minds, so I'd ask your grace be upon them to think your thoughts, give them that hope and a thrill of hope about who they are because of who you are to them, and uh, Lord, we ask you to help them to grow in the skill of worship and praise when things don't feel right, that they would know to seek your face. And that they'd have grace to do that, Father. Sometimes we just don't feel the grace to do it. We ask you to give them the grace to do it. Uh, that you'd strengthen them, Father, to raise them up in, as sons and daughters uh, of yours. That, Father, even in the midst of difficulty in the circumstances they're in, that others would see them rejoicing in the Lord. And that they would stand in awe of that. That in the midst of trial and tribulation and pain and suffering, that you show up in a real way, in a way that ministers to their hearts and shows up on their faces. And Lord, we just pray you get glory for that as we lay these at your feet uh, tonight. We thank you that we have the power of agreement at work in this room, that we can send many thousands to flight, and we are right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, you're present. We ask you to guide us tonight, that we would hear your voice and know your will and your way and to give ourselves to you wholeheartedly and it's in jesus mighty name that we pray amen all right good good stuff okay tonight we are going to uh continue on speaking about david tonight i want to speak specifically about a skill that david was forced to learn god taught him this skill that set him apart from everybody else on the planet in his day but again, David is a prototype for all of us. If we are born again and we have the Spirit of God in us, we have access to 
the spirit that allowed him to do that even though he was out of time in his own dispensation we're not we are on this side of the cross we have the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the grave living and abiding within us we have every opportunity with our choice and with the light of revelation and through the word of God to seek the heart of God and to know him and to grow in that and that is ultimately the skill but I'm going to bring it out maybe in in a way that will hopefully make sense to you but the song that we sang Alicia sang the song that spirit of Elijah uh, song the spirit of Elijah again is Malachi 4 5 and 6 just to be a reminder it's an end time spirit it's a fathering spirit the spirit of Elijah it's promised to come back before the second coming of Christ it's promised to be ministering and operating before his return in the same way that the spirit of Elijah was on John the Baptist because Jesus is the one that put all he connected all the dots for us there the spirit of Elijah was on the John was on John the Baptist in operation in John the Baptist's life and ministry and calling and we know John the Baptist was to precede the coming of the Lord that was his whole ministry right so just like that the spirit of Elijah it, it, the scripture is saying through prophecy the spirit of Elijah is going to be activated and operating in the same way doing the same things in preparation for the coming of the Lord again see it's, it's the same thing so what what that means is that you've got God's father heart being revealed to his sons and daughters so that they know how he feels about that at the same time that's that's the good warm and fuzzy part right the bad news to that is that daddy's home and he's not a pushover right he he wants things his way because he knows what's best and he's not you know half good and half bad he's all good he knows what he's doing and the things that he does for us are all good but see we're we're in a position where we're all the slack is getting removed from the situation right how many of y'all know if we if if uh <clears throat> if the consequences to our actions were as sudden as when you jump out of a five-story building you know there's there's the action the consequence is just a few seconds away so that you connect the dots oh I'm in this absolute horrid pain because I jumped out of that window right many of the things that we suffer we don't connect the dots because we do something and there's too much time and too many things other things that are going on you get all twisted around here and then when the fullness of the consequence of that action gets to you you don't connect the dots right I wish we really did connect the dots a little more easier now the Spirit of the Lord will begin to open up your eyes to see he'll say well you keep violating this principle right here and I'm not changing the principles of reality for you you are gonna get in alignment with the principles that are isn't that how that works I mean how many of y'all expect to twist the fabric of reality and get away with it it doesn't work that way does it there's certain things that just are what they are and you get yourself in alignment with those things God the Father is very much like that so that's the other half of this that the Father is showing up and he wants his house a certain way see he's straightening out things just like John the Baptist did he's saying here's here's this is the way right here this way 
Everybody get in alignment because the real deal is on the way, right? We know Jesus came as a meek and a mild uh, shepherd. He's not coming back that way, right? That, that day's, we're still in that grace period, but this second coming is there's a good and bad news to it. For you, for us, I mean, the slack is being removed. I didn't mean to say all that, but, oh, I forgot. I'm putting myself on the timer tonight. Just a second. This will pay off for you in a, in a minute. Okay. Got 30 minutes only. All right, so uh, these are the days of, uh, days of Elijah is what I'll got off on all that from this song it says rebuilding the temple of praise these are the days of david rebuilding the temple of praise see that's that's a second coming spirit of elijah thing right this is what he's doing and so while we're talking about david right now this is the road map to get in alignment with what he's doing or suffer the consequences it's just that simple these are things that we must learn these are habits and disciplines that must be employed okay because this is what god's saying to do he did it to david he's doing it to us today and what a blessing it's a better way to live uh, so that's what i want to talk about tonight i'm going to be kind of all over the place so y'all don't necessarily try to go everywhere i go but i wanted to re uh, read second samuel 23 it's right at the end of uh, david's life and it kind of gives a comprehensive of things. I didn't mark things very well tonight. Second Samuel 23, uh, verses 1 through 5, I'm going to read. Now these be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said, And the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel said, the Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me. He that ruleth over me must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be as the light of the morning. When the sun riseth, even a morning without clouds, as the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. Although my house be not so with God, yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant ordered in all things and sure for this is all my salvation and all my desire although he make it not to grow now this is a i'm not going to get into much of this because there's a lot there but i wanted to bring out uh, the man who was raised up on high this is talking about david the man who was raised up on high the anointed of the god of jacob the anointed of the god of jacob the sweet psalmist of israel this is the worshiping warrior david and this was an anointing that was upon his life. Now, the only way that he could have done these things, become the sweet psalmist of Israel, is that God revealed, through an anointing, God revealed himself to David in a way that David responded by writing the things that he wrote. So the key for this is the spirit of revelation. It is seeing God and knowing his heart, and that affecting your heart. Um... There's a, 
there's a difference between how Westerners, we are Westerners, and how Easterners think. And this is something been well documented, in, uh, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here other than we have been very uh, influenced by Greek thought. That's where the West sort of began in, in terms of, of thinking. The, it's a split, but I can't get into all this. No rabbit trail. Um, the split between West, Western and Eastern thinking. Westerners tend to believe that you can think with your head and you can feel with your heart, and there's some separation between the two. We kind of think that way. And we really think a lot about thinking because Aristotle did and Plato did. And that's where a lot of that thought comes from, that the, from Athens. Um, our framers, the framers of our Constitution, were influenced by two cities, Jerusalem and Athens. It was the law of God and then the reason of man. And they brought these, things, these two things together and came up with a brilliant form of government. It's probably the best there is. But it's structured by the framework of the law of God. That's what gives it its structure so that the reasoning part has some boundaries to work in. So it's, it's beautiful, flexible, as long as that framework is up. My point in bringing this up is that the truth is what Scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. See, he thinketh in his heart. There is no separation, none. It's, it's a, it, you've, you've got, they, they work in tandem and the heart is more powerful and so you cannot leave the heart uh, stuffed. You've, in other words, you've got to deal with the emotions somehow, some way. They've got to be met. They've got to, it's got to be dealt with. And that's what the Bible says to do, obviously. God's after our heart. That's uh, Proverbs 23, 7, in case anybody wanted to know. So, here's the point. Westerners tend to think that we, we are what we think. And that's not true. In other words, if you can write out a perfect doctrinal box from out of your mind, somehow you're like a serious Christian. You know? But that's not the case. It doesn't, I wish it was that easy. It'd be great if it worked out that way. We could do that. But you have this heart to deal with. Uh, the truth is that you are what you love. I mean, you, it, it's what you really desire. And here's the tricky thing. You can think that you love things that you don't. And you really love something completely different. And you don't even catch it. Your life shows it. Our lives show it in varying degrees. But that's really what we're after is what you love. Now, David understood this because he, he understood it better because he, he was an Easterner, and that's the way they think. That's the way they kind of uh, live. But David's heart was after God, to connect with God, and God was ministering to his heart. <clears throat> so we've got to do the same with this spirit of revelation. See, the spirit of revelation is more than doctrine. It's more than just factual statements or true statements about God. It's an experience with him. Revelation. Uh, the Apostle Paul said this uh, was after the same thing in Ephesians 1. Let me go to that and read that. Oh, I got that marked. Good. Ephesians 1, this is a prayer of, of the Apostle Paul, and we're going to talk about the Apostle Paul a little bit more here in just a second. But he says in this prayer, 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness in his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. That's an incredible prayer right there. And Paul lived that. Now, how do we know that? Look at what he did. Uh, and let me just throw some things out at you. Imagine the transformation of this man because of what he saw. Like he, he, he said that prayer very well because I think it's his life. He's saying, God, do this to other people. Not many of us get knocked off a horse by the Lord, right, because of a blinding light. That's an effective evangelistic tool. If we could pull that one out. You know, but we can. That's that's up to the Lord how he does that. But that's what happened to Paul. And this is what happened to him. He goes from thinking he's on top of things as far as giving his life to, you know, climb the heap. I'm the intellect of my day. I'm the best of the best of the best because uh, that's what he was. He represented the best of the best of the best, the best schools, the best mind, the best doctrine, the best everything. And he was out there doing it. And then he gets struck by this light that blinds him meets jesus and his life gets completely flopped upside down and but then we see him get so captivated by what he sees that nothing can stop him now i want you all to think about this uh talks about he was i think it's three times i didn't look this out but i think he says three times he was beaten with the cat of nine tails now, are y'all familiar with what that is? Okay, we're talking about no hospitals, no urgent cares, no medicines, no shot of penicillin or any other antibiotic. We're talking about in the dust, somebody filleting your back, chunks of your back ripped out, 40 lashes. And they don't help you up after they're done. They're not like, oh, man, you took that like a man. They stand up, let's help you. No. After they beat you that way, you're going to roll around in the dirt. All the dirt filling up all of those wounds. So you're headed for some serious infection, right? Mom doesn't run up and say, here's the triple antibiotic. Uh-uh. No, you're headed for some serious trouble. You're talking about months of recovering from this beating. Even if you do. Now, he did three times. And he kept getting up and going back. Why would you do that? Unless you had been so impacted by something or someone. I mean, this guy was stoned at one time. Do you all know stoning? The result of stoning was supposed to be death. I mean, big stones thrown at the head for the entire purpose of killing the person you're stoning. They stoned him, that's Acts 14, and thought he was dead. And some scholars think that he did die. And that's how he got that vision of heaven. Remember when he said that? Like I, he saw all these things and he can't even say them. Uh, I mean, who knows? I'm not trying to add to things, but it's very likely he could have died right there, gone up and seen some things and, you know, came back. Who knows? The guy was stoned, though. And he gets back up and walks back into the city. 
I mean, this is crazy stuff. We're talking about the spirit of revelation. In other words, we could see Jesus in such a way that we would be as crazy as that. Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, I sort of would. I'd be like, I don't want to get stoned. I don't want to. I don't want the cat of nine tails. You know, none of us want that. But the point is that you can't be stopped. You're so gripped by this God that you say you believe in. And people may call you crazy, but they certainly believe that you believe what you believe. Right? And in a, in a way that, that the power of God's on you too, not just that, you know, you're hard to deal with and nobody likes you. I'm talking about Jesus is really on you. The Spirit of the Lord's on you. That's the good news of this. So, the Apostle Paul understood this, this revelation thing. That's what we need to be praying over ourselves. I mean, we need to be, listen guys, there's more. There's more than what we've got. Again, we're at low ebb. There is high ebb if you study scripture. That means we got a lot of ground we could cover if the Lord began to do things like this. Just open up the heart. Now, part of that, though, is the seeking. It's the seeking, which is what David was skilled at, and that's what I wanted to get into. I'm trying to skip over a bunch of stuff because I, I, I'm determined to be shorter than I have. Okay, so, so, so how did this happen? Let's go to Psalm 20, uh, 27, and I want to get into that skill specifically. Now, this is what David had. I, I meant to try to solidify that David had this anointing, this, this revelation to see God's heart, and that is what makes all the difference. So in uh, Psalm 27, 1, he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? It's one of those things I've heard it said that if, when the fear of the Lord comes hard and strong, that's the only fear you have. After you get that one, that's the only one you've got. No more fear. I fear the only thing to fear. Everything else is a piece of cake. Right? That's the power of that revelation. So how did, how did God make David flesh out the fact that he knew him? Because David was forced to flesh it out. He didn't walk on some cloud. He didn't walk in some... I mean, David still fell, remember, horrifically. He would fall, but he kept coming back and recognizing what he had learned before. And he would make these statements that, that he's my light, my salvation. He, he, he was basically saying in that statement, God's giving me the spirit of revelation, which means he's really real to me. When he shows up, this is more real to me than my circumstances are. And it would really happen that way, but not all. Now, this is where the skill comes in. So let's go to uh, verse 7 in Psalm 27. He says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. So here we got David in a mess, like we get in a mess emotionally. Every time he got in trouble, every time he got into emotional turmoil and got all stirred up and messed up due to circumstances, God would redirect him to do verse 8, to seek his face. Okay, so he'd cry out, but it wasn't just like a God cry out and you wait like three seconds and nothing happens. So you go, oh, I guess he's not going to do anything. And you walk off and go ahead and have your day. No, he's saying cry out and seek. 
I mean, you have to put a sword in the sand here. It's, it's what the skill is that you're seeking. You're seeking his face. You're seeking the light of his countenance. And because you, you know you can do this because of an anointing. Now, all of us have this anointing. If you're born again, you have this anointing to know the Lord, to see his face, to experience him. You have it. And David understood this and he operated in this. So David, through the Psalms, teaches and explains his growth in this. David grew in this, and you'll see it all through the Psalms and all through the stories of his life. God was training him up to use that anointing to go from victim to victor. Victim to victor. Victim to victor. I mean, you can feel like a victim quite often, right? That's what emotions do. All of a sudden, you're the, you know, you're the prey. You're on the run. All of us go through that. The skill is to go from victor, from victim to victor. And that's, that's the skill that David had developed. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves me. That, we can say that in our mind, but does our heart feel that? Right? See, that's the point. You've got to feel it. And it doesn't come just exactly when you want it. It's a skill. You grow in it. It, grow, it builds. I am way better at this today than I was, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Way better. So David says, I would get into a mess, I'd cry out, oh God, deliver me. And God would say, seek my face. Okay, so God would say, as you give yourself to this habit, this discipline, this skill, in that posture, from that place, you're seeking his face, God will capture your heart while he's delivering you. See, it's a process. See, he's training your heart. Because... If he were to deliver you out of establishing that, you're seeking heart. See, he's establishing a seeking heart, the skill of in the midst of the turmoil that you're seeking him to break through, to get to him, to get to the truth, to feel the truth, to go from the word that you know is true because you've quoted it and you've memorized it and you say, yes, this is my truth. It goes from here to here and now it's real and now it's working. See, that's a skill that you develop. David, that was his whole life, developing that. And he, he got established in it more and more and more. So God says, look into my face. Quiet your soul. Quiet your soul and seek my face. Worship me. Now, this is a skill. Okay, you can go to Psalm 4. Go to Psalm 4, 4, 4, says, stand in awe and sin not. Now, what that actually means there is, uh, it's talking about anger. You're being angry. It's the same, the, the, the Apostle Paul again uh, re-quoted this by saying, be angry and sin not. Okay, that's what it's talking about. Okay, so stand in awe. You're, you're, you're angry, okay? You're in a mess. You're an emotional mess. Stand in awe, he says. Okay? And sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Right? So see, this is the, this is the whole snow globe. You all know what snow globe is. Shake that snow globe up. It's got it all shaken up. 
after it's shaken up, you look at it for a little while, set it down, and it's, it gets quieted. See, that's your emotions. That's your emotional state. That's a skill. You learn to do this better. But you've got to be aware and you've got to make it happen because it's not going to happen on its own. And then once you're letting those, once you're telling, now, th now this is a skill because uh, Paul talks about this a whole lot. As you're letting those snowflakes fall to the ground, you're turning yourself away from your emotion to the faith of God. You're seeking him. You're worshiping in what you know about him. Even though you don't feel like it and your feelings are completely opposite of it, you're in the face of it. You're moving in the opposite spirit and you're worshiping him because that's what does it. The enemy is not expecting people to utilize this skill. He's expecting them to do what they feel because that's what we do. David didn't do, he didn't go along with the plan. So, because he had a spirit of revelation. He knew better. He knew there was something else. There's something more. Psalm 131, 2. He says, quiet my soul. Right? Psalm 131, 2. He's talking about weaning his soul like a, uh, like a child. He's quieting his soul. In other words, a storm rages, but I quiet my soul. You'll, you'll, this is about 15 references for uh, the for David in the Psalms where he's saying he's speaking to his soul he is taking control of his inner man and he's saying you stop and then he turns his spirit to the Lord and says shine father and then he acts on that he acts on it even when he doesn't feel it he acts on it see God's establishing him it's a response See, because we're always going to have, we're going to get in circumstances where our emotions get flared up, right? And that's when we blow it. That's when we mess everything up. And the Lord's saying, no, I've got a better way for that. As soon as you feel that, here's, this is what triggers you. We all have triggers. You want to have good triggers. You're triggered to the worship the Lord. You say no to your soul. You say yes to your spirit. Why? Because we're pneumaticosis. Pneumaticosis is a big Greek word that means spirit controlled. Sukikos is the Greek word that says soul controlled. Now who's in control? You get to choose that. But you better take control of it because you're going to have to choose. Or you may have the, your own emotions make the choice for you, which is your choice anyway. Right? It's you're in control. It's your responsibility. Maybe what happened to you was not your fault, but it is your responsibility. So don't get those two things mixed up. Sometimes we say, well, I have to do that. Look what they did to me. Okay, okay, you have to do it. You chose that. That You're taking your responsibility and you're giving it to them. The Lord says, no, you don't have to do that. You put your soul down because it cannot be in control. It's broken, it's wounded, it's a, it's a wounded animal. It'll bite you if you get too close. You put that thing down and you turn your spirit to the, to the father of spirits. And you commune. See, so David had this. He did this. He was well practiced at this. Now, just to prove it to you, I want to look at a, one, probably the top example. And this is actually the Ziklag for David was the back door into the kingdom, right? His training was over. Back door into the kingdom. Ziklag. 1 Samuel 36. 
and I'm going to finish with this. 1 Samuel 36. It's just one verse. I'll set the stage for you, and then I'll tell you how good he got at this. 1 Samuel 36 says this, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But, so here's what happened. They're at Ziklag. He's got all these crazy guys with him and all their family, big old 600 of them and such, lots of people. They're off doing their daily raids. They come back to Ziklag where they had their families and all their stuff, and the Amalekites or somebody had come and taken everybody. Yeah, the Amalekites. They'd taken all their, son, their wives and all their kids. Okay, so they're in that situation. And now David's men, these men he had laid his life down for and done everything for, decided, okay, they're, now they're emotionally messed up. Agreed? As you and I would be. Everything I love and hold dearest has now been taken. So they're mad. They're stirred up. And they're going to take it out on the leader, which is what we do. Right? They're going to take it out on David. And so David, obviously, that is going to stir David up a little bit. Like, y'all are going to kill me after everything I've done for you? But David seemed to have a knee-jerk reaction that was completely unexpected. It says, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And that is a powerful, powerful little sentence. That's the difference. That's the difference. That you have practiced this. This isn't a one-time thing. This is a lifetime of serious trouble. And although we may not be literally have people chasing after us for our lives like David did, it's all relative, right? All the fears that we have, all the things that we suffer, they feel like death. They feel like somebody's about to kill us. That's, that's real for us. So we, you know, it, it actually helps because you're like, nobody's really killing me. Let, me. let me get a hold of myself for a second. Let's get a hold of this situation. Soul, will you be quiet because you are really messing things up. I just sit there a second and let my spirit commune with the Lord. And we're just going to worship about that I get to know him, that I do know him. Oh, my goodness, I've got a lot going for me already. And you just start getting into that. And here's what will happen. Once you get up into hearing what God hears, seeing what God sees, he will give you an empowered perspective on whatever it is that's going on. I promise you. He will show you this situation in a way that God sees it, and it will be light years better than what you had before you started. And you will be able to proceed forward as a son or a daughter of God. And that is what changes the world. And that's David's example here, and that's what God's calling us into. Now why, again, why would we do this? <clears throat> My spirit will have dominion. Why? Because I am a pneumaticos. That's what being born again is. I've got the Spirit of God in me, and it's going to rule the day. It, I, it will lead my life, not my soul. Now, they do work in tandem, but the Spirit must rise above the soul. It must lead the way. 
It's the one that has become one with God's spirit and now has the capacity to see life in the light of truth and to cause you to lift up, put those wings out, let whatever storm is blowing your way just lift you higher. People will take note of this. Romans 8.14 says, Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. That's just, that's it. That's it right there. That's the lesson. That's the good and bad news, because you still have to practice that. God's not going to do that for you. Deuteronomy 30.19, God says, I lay before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore you choose. We are not robots. We've got to steward the responsibility of being an image bearer. And at the core of that is choice. What will you do? Regardless of what's happened to you, what will you do with it? May not, may not have been your, uh, your fault. It is your responsibility. Is it going to break you or is it going to make you? Are you going to zig or are you going to zag? You choose. That's how we rise up out of the victim mentality that so many people are struggling with on planet Earth today. Blame, 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 complain, complain, complain. God's saying, no, this is the school of raising sons and daughters. Just like I did, David, you learn this skill. Does that make sense? It's the truth. It'll change your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you've given us your word. And as your spirit of revelation comes, it's not rocket science. It's, it's not easy, but you show us the way. Now, Lord, I ask you give us grace to latch on to this, to latch on to it and practice it, practice it day in and day out. We're not going to be perfect at this, Father. You know that. Help us to understand that as well, but help us to give it a go, to stand up and learn to take responsibility of our emotional state and rise above it. And let your spirit do what your spirit was given to us to do which is to connect us with you connect us with heaven connect us with your emotions and your perspective on all things so that we wouldn't be drugged down by wrong ways of looking at things that dominate us and inflict pain and suffering with no hope and cause us to blame people and situations so father i'm asking you for our church's sake for your glory's sake father Give us the grace to enter into this school and learn as David learned. We trust you. You're doing that, Father, because you, your spirit of Elijah is here. Your fathering heart is here, and you're raising up sons and daughters. Help us to join you in what you do, you're doing in and through us. And may you get the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen.